recorded live. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed, episode 17. This week's Scuba in the News, we have world record attempt underwater ironing, shipwreck treasures protected by cage, man arrested for stolen gear on Craigslist, open management systems recall boy, recalls buoyancy compensators, and you can scuba dive with an astronaut as a fundraiser. So welcome. Glad everybody could come on out. And uh, as always, we have our guest host, Jim. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing well tonight. How are you doing, Darren? Not too bad. We had a little bumpy start here for those turning in live, so if you stayed on, we appreciate it. If not, we definitely understand, but, uh, you know, with technology sometimes, uh, it, you can have a little bumps along the way. But overall, we got here, and uh, we got a good, a good show lined up today. Uh, we've got a special guest this week. We have Shelly Howard. How are you, Shelly? Great. How are you? Not bad at all. Uh, for, for those in the program, uh, we like to have guests who will give us another take on scuba diving. We'll have people from 30-year veterans. Uh, we'll have people with a variety of experience. In the case of Shelly, she has just signed up for a scuba diving open water course. And we wanted to, I, I've been following her on Twitter, and I wanted to get her on the program just to kind of have a take and to remind us what it was like to get started and just to kind of see what her experiences uh, are. And we'll follow her throughout the weeks. We'll have her on each week, provided she's willing, and we'll get to talk about it. So good. it's great. So Shelly, uh, what, what interested you in becoming a scuba diver? Well, I have friends who scuba dive and just listening to their stories that oh that just that sounds too cool i'm gonna have to try that so i decided to do it to go for it great you know just from hearing from the experience of others it's interested you in scuba diving uh what do you think that you're going to experience that first time underwater fear <laughs> panic fear and panic <laughs> well, well hopefully not not too much fear and panic uh no. So you're out in the, uh, I call it a little bit more Midwest than we are on the western side out there in the Salt Lake region. Did you have a lot of choices for scuba diving instructors? There are a couple of scuba scuba diving schools here, um, but I went one with one that's uh, five-star rated with, through Patty, which is Dive Utah. Great. We'll give them a plug and we'll, we'll add them to the show notes. Yeah. So Dive Utah, there's there's a couple different courses. Uh, you know, Jim and I both did our PADI certification. There's some options that they can do. We went with the quick course where we studied all the book way in advance, uh, went in basically. Was it one day, Jim? Did we do everything in one day? I, would, I think it was uh, one day to uh, kind of review everything and do the, the testing for the book work. And then from there on, it was pool and... Uh, uh, open water sessions. Yeah, because I think we did pool on the, we did the the classwork and the test on the Saturday. We did the pool on the Sunday. Then the following week we did our open water dives and we were certified. So you you're, you've taken a little bit uh, different class where you're going to have it multiple weeks, Shelley. Yeah, over two weeks. I could do it. I could do a quick course if I wanted to, but I'd really rather not. I'd kind of like to have time to let it sink in. So I'll do it over two weeks two classes each week and then spend a weekend where I spend two days getting my open water cert. So you signed up for the class, was it this Monday? Uh-huh, yep. Yep. So so they've got you fitted, did they get you fitted with any gear yet? 
Not yet, no. I think that's probably going to be the end of the first class. First class. So uh, I think the first half of the class is academic and the second half is in water. Okay. Have they, because normally how, how we did it here when we had the, the paddy courses, we had to buy the mask, the fins, and the snorkel. Is that something similar you're seeing? Yeah, I'll have to do that before I get my open water cert. I'll okay. use the rented gear before, well, you know, during the classes. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually go for the cert, I'm going to have to buy my own gear. Okay. Now, now how much of, the, of your own gear are you planning on buying? You you thinking about going in the wetsuits and regulators and tanks? Um, probably not right off initially. I'll probably just get my mask, my snorkel, and my fins, maybe my weights. Okay. And then gradually buy pieces as I go. That's pretty neat. Now, does uh, Dive Utah have their own pool facility, or do they use a, a local schools, or, or how do you do that there? Nope, they have their own pool. Excellent on-site. That'll make it a lot nicer. Yeah. Now, uh, have you met the instructor? I have not. I actually picked one out, and they said, well, he's not available this week. You'd have to wait quite a while till his turn came up. Right. Did he come and recommended I... to you? No, no. I went on their site, and I researched their instructors. Oh, very good, like some from bios and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But I was assured that they're all very, they're all good, and they're all uh, PADI certified to be instructors, so. Absolutely, absolutely. And and yeah. you you mentioned to me that for the open water, they have a an interesting location out there. What is that called? It's called the Crater out at Homestead. Well, there's Sea Base. We use Sea Base. Okay. But the visibility isn't that great. So they use what they call the crater out at um, Homestead, which is a mineral spring, and it's very clear water. I, I bet it would be. Now, did they give you an idea of temperature that you'll be diving in? No, but they said it was warm. The, the, uh, the springs are warm? Uh-huh. Yeah, you, yeah. You, usually for us over here in the, in the Great Lakes, when somebody says spring-fed, that means it's about 40 degrees. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure I'll find out on Monday. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's pretty warm. It seems to me I've been there once when I was a kid, and it seems to me the water's pretty warm. Yeah. Well, I understand you got snow today. Yes, it's snowing right now as we speak. Uh, I'm glad. At least you know, knock on wood, we're out of the snow for the moment. You know, we've had snow as late as June, but I'm hoping that this is not the year for it. Uh, yeah, I told you it's going to be 85 by next week, so hopefully this is the last of the spring snowstorms. Wow. Then the, the, there's a swing in temperature. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So have you picked up your literature for your class? Have, yes. Yes, I have. So, you thumbed through it, I'm sure. I have. I have. I'm going to start on it tonight, though, in earnest. Yep. Yep. It's kind of interesting. You, you dig right into that, and there's a lot there. There's a lot of information to soak in, um, but it's uh, it's all worthwhile and, and good to know. Yeah, I was kind of going over the the chart. I have it here with me. The dive chart, you know, the depth, and mm-hmm. I was kind of going over that last night. The tables, yep. there we go, tables. Yep. Tables tables are important, and it's one of the things that they're getting close to not teaching anymore. You, really? You, yeah, you might be in, you know, the, the, I don't know how much they're going to remove them, but uh, the current discussions going on is that they're going to move completely to computers and some of the instructions. So uh, they'll probably just kind of gloss over them and go, okay, now pull out your computer and the computer will tell you what it is, which uh, there, there's both sides of the story, and we could probably do a full episode just on that. But the the thinking is that most people are diving with computers today, and it's probably more important to, 
to understand how the computer works because that's what you'll be using. But uh, if you go more advanced and you do venture into some of the tech, technical deeper diving, uh, you're definitely going to want to understand uh, wh- why the computer is telling you how long you can dive. And, you know, heaven forbid there's some sort of error in that computer. You can second guess and go, I don't, I don't believe you. I'll do something a little bit more conservative. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So now you mentioned that you do have a, a concern with the deep water. Uh, did that come, is that based on like, uh, did you have a bad experience as a child or? Oh, no, no. It's just, I think just the vastness of it, mm-hmm. of being underwater in a deep water. So that's something I plan to, to overcome. Definitely. Yeah, it it is easier um, when I'm sorry. It is easier when you can you can see down there, and and all of a sudden it's not as unknown to you. It's just it's just another space. It really really kind of piques your curiosity too to find out what is down there and all the nooks and crannies. So I think you're going to do fine with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I can remember as a as a kid. You know, we had some lakes, and the the rumors were always that they were bottomless. <laughs> you know, from the shore, right. you, could, you could see where the sand would go out maybe 10, 15 feet, and then it would start to get uh, dark and deep. And, you know, if you happen to, to be out there and brave and swim in the six and seven feet, and your, your, your toe would dip down uh, maybe where it was a little bit chillier, and it just kind of reinforced that. And, and you just couldn't see. You know, even if you went out in the boat and you looked down, it's dark. Uh, one of the things that I found with diving is that these things from the surface that look dark, when you get under underneath, are fairly well lit. Ah, so, very cool. Yeah, it, it gives you a little bit different ex- perspective on it. And, and we're, we're looking forward to hearing how that perspective of yours changes as you go through the class. Uh, yeah, definitely. Did, did you have any, any questions about the class that you would like to ask uh, either us or uh, members of the, the audience? Um, well... Not really at this point, once I get into the books. Because, you know, I have been talking to my friend, Idy, who she, she started a scuba blog for me to get on and, and ask questions. Yeah. Very neat. Pointers. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's alivetodive.org. Yep, and we'll, we'll throw that in the, the notes, too. I, we've retweeted a few of her, her tweets. Uh, she's got an article now on uh, unbiased selecting gear, and, and you, she, she's a, her website there doesn't have any advertising currently that I see, so... You know, that's honest opinions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so as I get more into it, I'm going to ha- I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of questions. Right now, I'm just, you know, kind of, I don't know anything, so. A, a tad but, overwhelmed at yeah. this point, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll go it, away. It'll yeah. get much better. Okay, so, so let's fast forward a little bit. Let's say that uh, you've gotten through your open water dive and you go through and do your advanced diving. Where do you see yourself diving? Are you going to be the type of diver or planning to be the type of diver that's going to be a vacation diver, or are you going to try and get some local dives in? Oh, I definitely want to do local dives. I spoke to the instructors up at this school, and they tell me about the ice diving that they do up here on the lakes. Yes. And that sounds just fascinating to me. Oh, Jim and so I love to do that. We, we love the ice diving. As If you head out to the website there, you can see a couple of our videos of us slip, slipping in the, the triangles in the ice. But the, you know, the, we dove a lot in the summer, and we never thought we'd be diving in the winter. And it just we, we ran out of season, and we still wanted to dive, so that was all that was left. And 
the visibility was amazing. So some of those spots where visibility in the summer, you kind of get there and you go, ah, we got eight, ten feet, and that's it. Uh, you can you can easily quadruple that visibility in the winter. Oh, really? We have some really really neat le- um, excuse me lakes down in southern Utah as well, like Lake Powell. I'm not a, sure if you're aware of those that are. Oh, they filled up an old can or they filled up a deep canyon there, kind of by the end of the Grand Canyon. I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard of a few of those down there. I'm sorry, Jim. Is it a pretty big body of water then? Yes, it is. Yes. It's it's huge, but it's pretty deep. You know, it's a deep canyon. Now, now is that the one where they they still have some of the trees there? It seems like I was reading somewhere that there's one of those canyons out there that when they flooded it, the trees were there and they're they're pretty well preserved. So you can actually scuba dive right around trees. Oh, probably could be. It could be. There's a lot of uh, Native American ruins that got flooded. Ah, yeah. When they filled that canyon, so that would be kind of cool to go down there and see that i think yeah maybe some cliff dwellings uh I, yeah utah is beautiful I've, I've been out there it's been a number of years but you know the uh was it bryce canyon there that's uh that's just some beautiful landscape and you know we'll, we'll jim and i will have to make it out that way sometime and and see what the diving's like out there i yeah, guess i, I hear of anybody really diving thought. on the lakes I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I had never really thought of uh, Utah as a as a dive destination, but it sounds like you guys have got uh, a variety of, of water there. Um, never thought about the canyons, and that would be great. Yeah, yeah. We have the Alpine Lakes up here up north, and then you go down south, and it's more desert. And you have those kinds of bodies of water down there. Uh, be, sounds like a road trip. It it does. Uh, as we say, if it's deep enough to for us to get underwater, we'll dive in it. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Lake Powell is probably a thousand feet deep, deep almost in some parts. Wow, yeah, maybe. Well, uh, wow. No, no intention of hitting a thousand foot mark. No, no, but there are parts <laughs> of it that are pretty, pretty darn deep. Well, uh, that'll be great. So, your your when's your first class going to be? Monday night. Monday night. So, you've got the weekend to you know get in a little advance on the books. Then you do Mondays. It and it's two nights a week. Two nights a week, yep, Mondays and Wednesdays. Monday and Wednesdays. So uh, we'll, you'll be able to come on next Thursday? Sure. Sounds great. Great. We'll be we'll be looking forward to it, and we'll get an update and see how that, that class works going. Uh, yeah. And do you want some followers on your Twitter account? Sure. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give them your, your Twitter ID? It's Shelly Howard. Just. Yep, and that's Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-I-E. L-L-I-E, uh-huh. And Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. So uh, yep. at Shelly Howard, you can follow Shelly, and I'm sure she'll be tweeting about some of her experiences. And uh, she's got some conversations going on with some some other scuba divers. So there's it, it's, a, it's a good follow. I've been enjoying it. Uh, we'll, oh, thank you. We'll have to get Jim to, to follow as well. You know, I, I just got him to follow the Scuba Obsessed account a couple of weeks ago, so it might take us a little bit. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of the story of my life. I'm a little slow everywhere I go. <laughs> but, but you get there eventually. Eventually, I do. I show up slow yeah. and steady. Yeah, I, I, we we kid. Jim and I have only known each other what what 25 years now. Yeah, give or take, give or take. But and, and it's it's amazing that since we're only like 26. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's <is> amazing. <laughs> That's yeah, that, crazy. That, that only works for people who haven't seen my picture. So right, right. 
So let's go ahead and uh, jump into the news. I, I understand, Shelly, if you if you need to jump off, uh, go ahead. But you're more than welcome to stay on and comment in the news. This is the part of the show where we just kind of see what's scuba-related. Uh, and it's been amazing since we've been doing this uh, since the beginning of the year. There's always been a good number of scuba articles. And this leak, this leak, uh, talking is also another tradition. Uh, this week was no exception. In fact, we have uh, six articles so you know maybe we can throw one out but we'll go ahead and get started well thank you gentlemen for having me on i appreciate it oh you're well, thanks for joining us you're welcome hey no problem have a good evening hey thank you too good night bye now this, this first article uh do you have it pulled up jim i do this is the one are we talking about the ironing the ironing and you know, that's one thing I normally don't want to think about when we're talking scuba diving, uh, unless maybe you need some ballast and you're looking for an alternate uh, for lead weights. But uh, in our tradition of talking about world record attempts, uh, there's another one. And, and this is not one that I readily, readily associate with scuba. And it's underwater ironing in the Florida Keys. A new scuba world record attempt is planned to be set for this weekend. So Saturday, May 1st, Wow! a group of divers in the Florida Keys plan to attempt this undersea. So, you know, and at first I'm like, okay, ironing, you know, you know, what are you, what are you really doing? I mean, it just seems kind of, <laughs> you know, of all the things. I mean, we've had tic-tac-toe, we've had youngest divers, we've had most divers in the water. And you, you kind of wonder if somebody's grasping at straws, but it's ironing. But, hey, it's Guinness is recognizing it. There's already and a record scuba. out there. It, and it's scuba. So I think that everybody should go after all of the, all these uh, records, and we should try and beat them all. I mean, we're no harm there. So for underwater ironing, and what they're hoping is that they're going to get 100 divers to perform this uh, chore, and it's actually anybody who knows about the Florida Keys, they have that Christ of the Deep statue. It's going to be ne- near there in that uh, marine sanctuary. And uh, the Guinness is going to be there to certify it. The current record is held by a group of British scuba divers, and they had 86 participants. So, you know, when you look at the world record for the no- most number of people underwater, I mean, we're well over 2,000 now. So that takes a lot of coordination. I'm thinking 100 sounds sounds possible and it's exactly what it says they are going to be ironing underwater so as we talked about last week electricity doesn't really seem to play in and in the photo it's showing somebody ironing they got an iron board they've got a shirt and they're ironing but the cord's just dangling so thankfully they're not going to have a risk of electrocution uh, me, well, I, you're never going to get the wrinkles out without the heat. Well, I was thinking the same thing. That, and then the steam just doesn't seem like it's it's going to work. No, but the water's warm there, so maybe it will work. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, the, I don't know. We, we've speculated that warm water can be dangerous, so maybe it is warm enough to press uh, some clothes. Right. So uh, right. I, I tried to find some rules on it, and I, I haven't been successful. Uh, well, yeah, I, um, what constitutes actually ironing? I mean, what do they have to spend so many minutes on a piece on a garment? Um, is it a? 
they do, uh, from what I understand is they don't all have to be down at the same time. So it's almost like a relay race. So Oh, I see. So you've got the ironing, and I don't know if you have to have one constantly ironing or, or something. So it's not 100 uh, boards and 100 people ironing all at the same time. But uh, it's it's interesting. But this is one of those things to kind of watch because you, know, you let them do it, and they win, and they get all overconfident, and then we come and steal the record away. Well, sure. That was See? my next thought. Yeah, so uh, so we'll have to watch this, you know, to scope out the competition. But this this is great. Uh, it's being promoted by there's three dive shops down there, which you can link off to the articles. I actually put a message out to a couple of them saying, "Hey, could they comment on?" And we didn't get anything back. So yeah, we'll mark that up to the spam filtering. We'll have links to the show notes. So if you're down there in the Keys this weekend. Uh, I bet you can register and get in on it. You know, there's not, I mean, this seems like a really doable world record. So if you've wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Record or at least have the certificate you can get for that, this might be your opportunity. So Saturday, May 1st in the Florida Keys. And then our next article is man arrested after he put stolen gear on Craigslist. Another tradition we've been having in the news is stupid criminals scuba related right and this is a case of where a gentleman had his scuba gear stolen and he he was looking on craigslist and he discovered it and he and luckily he had made modifications to his regulator so he was able to identify it and there was no doubt in his mind so this was in rhode island and, and this so, was stolen from his home, right? Yeah, it was stolen from his home in okay. Aquidneck Island. Is, is, am I pronouncing I, I know I'm not pronouncing it right, but that doesn't seem like that's a – it looks like a made-up name. Aquidneck Island. Aquidneck. Aquidneck? Aquidneck. It's probably some it French like word. Something from, <laughs> yeah, it was something from Cartoon Network, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. You can send Now I'm going to get a lot of yeah, people. You can Both send the those. people that live on that island are going to be mad. <laughs> They're going to be mad. You can send that to Jim at – okay. So, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> so <laughs> Fernando – Ramirez and I broke a rule of not normally an- announcing criminals, but hey, if you're stupid enough uh, for stealing right. something, hey, you know, and I guess innocent until proven guilty. So allegedly, uh, but uh, he was 25 and of of Pawkachuk. Easy, yeah. Who knows? Okay, go on. Rhode Island. No State wonder Police. these guys are just mad because they can't pronounce their towns. Yeah, and I, I'm sure it's we got the same. Up. We got the same sure. thing here. We got Sagatuck. I guess I. I don't well, know. yeah, that's like, that's that sounds pretty easy to say. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so back to the story. The man recognized his regulator because he had worked on it. Well, I had to hope you kind of have, have were mm-hmm. familiar with your own regulator, and he added extra pieces uh, to it that only he would recognize. And he went through the online classifieds uh, on Craigslist and noticed that it was for sale for $65. (laughs) And that's kind of like insult to injury. Not only do they steal it, but they underprice it, which I guess that maybe that's common with fenced or stolen gear or, or materials on, you know, so it kind of goes, if the, if the deal's too good to be true, then it probably is. Exactly. 
So it was worth a couple hundred dollars. Uh, when he noticed it, he got with the uh, state police barracks in Portsmouth. I can pronounce Portsmouth. And they set up a sting. So uh, the gentleman who was fencing the stolen uh, gear showed up about 8.30 in the parking lot for the exchange, and they arrested him. So uh, as of this Monday night, he was uh, he had bailed out and was pending a future court date. So uh, Mark went up to the good guys, and you know that, it, that you know, it's kind of like the story with my camera. You know, it's important to make sure you've got those serial numbers, make sure you've registered your gear, because like in the case of regulators, uh, they're all trackable. Not that you're going to be lucky enough to, to find somebody who's as stupid as this gentleman was, uh, where he posts it right there in the local area. But uh, you know, just be able to, to, to identify your, your gear, not only for diving, but in case it gets stolen. So there we are on Craigslist. Uh, we have a recall this week. Did you see that, Jim? I did. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like we've got a recall every week, but it's a good idea that uh, we get the word out there. Um, and it's ocean management systems. Um, don't recognize the name. Well, you, you actually do. Oh, I OMS. Did the, I, know, I, did, I did the same thing. I'm, you know, I was embarrassed to say I was like, Ocean management systems. Wow, that you know, that's a kind of a high fluting name, and and I went through. I'm like, oh, who is that? And and when you go to these uh, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission bulletins, everything's all analytical. There's a certain structure to how they describe it, and you know, it's mixed in with baby seats and you know, toys. So you, it, it it's sterile, and and I I kept going and going, you know. I, I feel like I pretty much know gear. Why don't I know them? Well, you know, we get so used to acronyms, OMS, that that's what it was. So in the case, in this particular case, in cooperation with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission and OMS, Ocean Management Systems, there is a recall on buoyancy compensators used for scuba diving. So your BC, for us who do scuba, uh, there, there's a potential hazard, and what the hazard is, the buoyancy compensator seal ring could crack, and this could pose a drowning hazard to divers. So, uh, and and really through training, you know, it's great that they're doing the recall. If you have one of these products, get it recalled. But this just shows how much these organizations are watching and providing feedback and being open about this because it's better to have the stuff recalled, have people look at it, than to just go, oops, it happens, it's normal wear and tear. So it costs these companies money. OMS, you know, this is not free to go and do this. They're going to be, comp uh, I'm sure they're compensating, I don't know firsthand, but they're going to be compensating their dive shops to go and replace parts and do inspections and all that, that other stuff. And uh, we'll yep. have a link in the show notes to the full recall. It's quite an involved recall. It looks like it's about seven or eight items. Uh, because in the case of a ring like this, you, they use it across a lot of products. And so uh, you've got it on some single tank BCs that are 32-pound lift all the way up to a single bladder BC with 94-pound lift. So you've got all those. And, there, and there's you know a good 18, 19. So... Uh, they were sold in stores from May 2006 through August 2008, and OMS is uh, is is not the cheapest of products. So, you know, for a BC, they they probably sold for about 400 
dollars. Uh, so you should the recommendation is you should immediately stop using the equipment uh, whenever there's a recall. That's a recommendation and contact uh, Ocean Management Systems to receive a free repair. Uh, they they show a picture in the bulletin and it just you look at that and it's just the tiny little part. Right. So. Uh, again, there'll be links in the in the show notes, so you, you can go out there if you happen to have one uh, an OMS BC. You'll be able to find out uh, if yours is on that list. Uh, the next one is a fundraising event, and I thought this was an an interesting fundraising event. You know, not only do I like scuba, but if there was some way that I could be an astronaut, you know, when I wasn't scuba diving, that would be the other thing I'd be doing. Wouldn't so, that be cool? It would be. So this is a fundraising an- event that was announced, and you can bid on scuba diving with an astronaut in the Cayman Islands. So it's got scuba, it's got astronauts, and then it's got warm water diving. Mm-hmm. You, you can't you can't get that. So you, you don't you don't wear a spacesuit. You're going to wear your uh, your wetsuit, but you get to if you win the bid, you're going to dive with Apollo 16 Moonwalker Charlie Duke. And what they're doing is this is in a uh, uh, event for charity. The chance to dive with Duke is one of the 40 lots featured in the Astronaut Scholarship Foundation's semi-annual astronaut experiences and memorabilia auction. Uh, We'll have a a link to the again to that in the show notes if you want to uh, participate and bid on some items. the auction goers must secure a virtual paddle, which is available on their website. The bidding begins April 30th, which is tomorrow. So about the time you're you're hearing this, at 9 a.m., and the auction will close promptly at 5 p.m. May 8th. So you've got a uh, little over a week to get your, your bids in. And, uh, you know, of, of course, the, the scuba diving one, what's that, what's that got to go for, four or 500000 <laughs> I mean, that's how great scuba diving is. That, that's the value, I guess. You know, is with auctions, you always get more value for your, your money, and it goes to a good cause. And then this next one was uh, Shipwreck Treasures Are Protected by a Cage. This one's over in Eastern Europe, if I got my geography correct. Croatia. Croatia. So... Uh, the the challenge they're they're having, and that's I got to pronounce a name so I can slaughter it. Cavat, 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 C A V T A T Croatia. Cavat, Cavat, Cav. Okay, so there you go. However, they, that that place in Croatia, <laughs> and what they do is they have a second century Greek trading vessel that is lying in the sea floor off one of the uh, of the coast of this this Cavat. Have it quick, yeah, never forget it. Uh, little remains of the wooden ship that is a cargo, uh, but it does have some earthenware amphoras, ceramic vases, uh, and they're and they're stacked up in a row. And if you've watched some of the shows on the Discovery Channel and History Channel, uh, and they've they've got you know Ballard and some of these people diving in some of these sites, uh, the artifacts that they're turning up is just absolutely amazing. And one of the downsides of the these art these artifacts is just the value on the black market. So you've got uh, you know in U.S. dollars, they're saying this is probably about seven million dollars worth of Whoa. artifacts on there. So 
you know, there's a lot of incentive in, in on this article. If you click, you click into this article, uh, they've actually got alerts out for some people who they're calling grave robbers or stealers of artifacts. But they say that's not the worst part of it, is that they're actually encouraging and creating a network that does this. So in some cases, they're trying to legitimize the thefts that they're doing. You know, they'll, they'll call it archaeology. <laughs> and then they're, right. fen- then they're fencing off the items. So uh, the Croatians have actually dropped a cage. And I won't say dropped. They, they probably placed it. But they've placed a cage over this wreck so that they've got time to study it. Uh, I don't have, they, you know, obviously they're not giving out a location. I'm sure if you happen to be over there, everybody, all the locals know where right. it is. Uh, and I'm guessing because they're putting a cage on it, it's, it's got to be fairly accessible. You know, some of the wrecks become unaccessible just based on the depth. So unless somebody's just going right. to do some, uh, you know, grappling hooks along the bottom, open to catch something. But in this case, it's uh, recreational depth. So they've got to take some extra precautions. Right. The photo shows that they're um, diving on singles, uh, which would tell me that the depth is not not all that uh, out of reach for recreational either. Certainly. So you know, I'm kind of wondering, if you're an archaeologist and you're in that cage, I mean, that kind of changes the nature of what you're diving. Because, you know, it's, it's, it might not be full cave diving, but that's, you know, that's like a oh. penetration dive now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, plus, you know, if you have you know, a practical joke, that wouldn't be too funny. It would be, you know, just kind of lock your buddy in there. <laughs> yes. Um, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be horrible. So if you, but if you look at that cage, and when I, I, you know, I was picturing the big steel bars Kind of like in the old Western jails when they said cage, and this is actually right. kind of a mesh, which which I guess makes sense, because not only is it to keep divers in and out, they don't want somebody to be able to get some sort of item in that they could pull artifacts out. So it's a fairly tight mesh. So it's going to be you're going to be diving in a little bit of darkness. Uh, you know, you're going to get about fifty percent of the light is going to filter through that cage. So. Uh, hopefully they're able to protect that. The next article is human remains found in submerged car. You know, not the not the most comforting of ideas. And and what really struck me about this article was how I could see myself exactly in this situation. In the car? No, no, I don't see oh. myself in the car. But oh. as being the scuba divers who recovered it. Uh, yeah. As the story goes, there was a diving instructor who was actually just doing a, a snorkeling course. And it was supposed to be a fun dive. Uh, and it was found in this last August by the instructor Kevin, and you can find Ash Ashoff of Ocean Tech Scuba. And he had uh, students with him on the west side of this lake. And uh, he, t- he wanted to take a closer look at a vehicle which is upside down against two large rocks and the depth was about 15 to 30 feet of water and the car had major front end damage but it was mostly intact he couldn't see inside uh, or open doors because the mud had had come up to it so you know you fast forward to uh this this last week 
and they were doing, you know, in, in honor of Earth Day, uh, it sounded like they were doing some cleanup. So he, he went and took some extra steps to get permission from the authorities to actually remove the car as part of the cleanup. And they said, sure, no problem. So they had uh, a tow truck on shore. And this is kind of, and this is kind of one of the fun things that I wouldn't mind trying. You know, you got to play around with some lift bags and get the car up. So it was a good training exercise. And they got, you know, a, a potentially hazardous object out of the, the fresh waters, a mid 1960s Chrysler that was uh, thought to have plunged over a steep rocky embankment on highway 97 and it, it could have been over in there for as much as 40 years. They had no idea. So here they go. They've, they've gotten it lifted. They're putting it to shore. They've actually got to shore. And it's a picture of this instructor. And at this point, they didn't even know there was a body in the car and he got to looking down and there's bones in the water. Could you imagine the, the first thing that went through your mind as you saw those Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's like bones. So then they immediately taped it off. The police came in. Uh, what was nice is the police actually utilized this uh, instructor to retrieve because what had happened is in the action of recovering, the bones had come out. So there was actually one bone in the car, and then there's a bunch in the water, and they got them. Uh, currently, they believe it just to be one body. Uh, they didn't see any others. The coroner hasn't made a recommendation he says the the coroner's comment was that everybody is so from watching ncis and cis and all these crime shows we think it's all computerized and in two days we're going to have an answer and they said in reality it could be six months to ever if they have an answer so yeah they can do forensics on the teeth but they don't know i mean you, you have to have something to compare them to you know if this car is in the water as long as they thought it had been 40 years you know, records probably aren't going to be around for that. Uh, the, no, the, I wouldn't imagine. So it's going to be old-fashioned police work, uh, go through news articles, and you know they they have they've done a preliminary. It sounded like, and they didn't know uh, of anybody who was missing at that time. So it might be from another town. I mean, they somebody just might have been driving through the area and wasn't familiar, and you know, say it's foggy, goes off the bank down the hill. In the water, bloop, you never know. So, but, but what really got to me was how many times we're diving and we see an object. Uh, some of the mud club divers here, there's a lake that they've dove in, and it seems like every year they find a stolen car where somebody's picked up that car, uh, you know, drove it around a day of joint riding, and then they, you know, drive it into the, the lake down the boat ramp. And, right. uh, you know, they've, they've had two cars recovered and both of them were identified as, as stolen. Uh, the last one, the mud club divers were mentioning that there was actually a baby seat in the, uh, in the car. So, you know, they, they, that was one of the things they looked for when they saw that, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, was there somebody in the car and it went down and there wasn't. So, you know, you know, luckily for us, none of our divers have, you know, on a, mo on a modern wreck or car found a body. Right. So oh. that, that's always in the, in the back of my mind. And every time we go diving, people are going, are you looking for a body? And I don't think anybody's ever looking for a body unless you're, you know, rescue divers and, there, and there's something in it. But God. Right. Ugh. That does it for the news. Sorry to end on such a 
a dark, <laughs> a dark note, but you know, I, 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 I actually enjoy the article. Feel feel sorry for the the family that lost a life, and maybe I can get some closure to somebody. But yeah, after all these years, finally to know, you know, sort of what happened, I think would kind of be a a blessing to them. Yeah, it could be because I mean, I mean, because can you imagine? I mean, because God, you could write so many stories around this. Yeah, you know, could you? You know, because could you imagine if uh, there was a you know a young couple and they're having a, a a marital spat and he's like, well, you know, I need some time alone, so he goes out and drives, and then you never see him again. Right. I mean, you know, you think maybe he he ran away from you, and I don't know. I guess this is a better thought that he slipped off. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you really lightened that one up. Didn't yeah, exactly. You? Yeah, maybe I should be a counselor. I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Oh, you know, I don't think so. I could be talking people off ledges until they jump. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got off, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so on boy. the lighter note, some scuba diving. Right. Right. So, uh, uh, so we 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 got we got some scuba diving in, didn't we? A little bit. Absolutely did. Um, so water was pretty clear. Yeah. So now, so so what do you think of the of the water? Because the last time you had been there, it it was an ice dock in late sixties. Right. It it wasn't the visibility wasn't as good as uh, under the ice, but it was still very good. Um, unfortunately, I think the best visibility has come and gone for the year. It'll probably just get a little bit less and less. Um, it's, it's a neat sight to dive. Uh, there's a lot to see going around out there. The platform is in a nice spot. Um, I think we'll be going back again to to Lake 16, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Kirk was saying now uh, he's like he's somewhere around 60 dives just in that lake. Wow, <laughs> that is a lot of dives. Wow. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yes, uh, it is in that one spot. Yep. So you you and Josh buddied, and then uh, I buddied. I guess you could say I buddied with Bob, and then Kurt followed up behind. So uh, you you and Josh had to cut the dive early due to a free flow, right? Uh, and right. then uh, Bob, Kurt, and I continued on to use up our yep. tank. So and, uh, uh, did you guys find the flag afterwards? You did, didn't you? flag oh yeah we did uh that that was yeah so it seems to be a tradition of uh of losing things (laughs) we got a lot of traditions for starting that's one i'd like to stop so we lost the camera uh and and i've kind of wondered this because i've got you know i got dive flag i didn't bring it out that lake but you know when you start a dive especially like that we you know you throw you you take your stuff down to the it's a shore dive so we're not getting out in a boat Mm -hmm. so you take your flippers and you kind of put them about at the uh the surf the the water level there so it's kind of half in half out uh and then you throw the dive flag in and usually there's a weight on the bottom and some cord so that you know as long as you don't throw it out way too far it, it pretty much stays where it is so you know it might be two or three feet from shore and the lapping of the waves is fine. Well, the wind must have caught this flag just right. And I can remember as we're suiting up, it was about five feet out. You know, then it was nine feet out. And you're kind of like, okay, yeah, it'll be fine. You know, it's just, uh, you know, letting out a little line. Uh, we get to go in the water. 
and it's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah, it, Whoops. It's kind of like your dog when you take it for a walk and then it runs away from you. It, right. The, the dive flag was gone. And then we're like, oh, there it is in the middle of the lake. Uh, so we're like, eh, no problem. We'll, you know, may, maybe we'll go out and swim out and get it. So as we're getting to the spot where we're going to go down, we realize that's not a dive flag. That's a swan. <laughs> Whoops. Yep. <laughs> So now, <laughs> now, now we're really wondering where that dive flag went. So yeah, we oh, we, boy. we successfully completed the dive. Uh, let's see, uh, that was before Kurt and I went in for the second tank, wasn't it? So uh, yes, yeah. I think you guys. Uh, yep. So so we all booked in around to the other side of the lake, knocked on somebody's house, said, "Hey, can we go and get our dive flag?" I felt like you know the kid who had uh, thrown a. Uh, a baseball into somebody's yard. <laughs> you gotta gotta go and ask if you can get it back. So uh, the people on Lake 16 graciously let us go get the flag back, and uh, wow, we went and got the other dive. So so we got the flag back. Uh, that was nice. Uh, it was a little less visibility than the week before, but it still wasn't bad. Uh, no, it was pretty good. I, yeah, you you and Josh got probably went about 60 feet. And then uh, I got down to 83 this time. So I must have found that hole that Kirk put his arm in the other time. So I Gotcha, I yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the lines was actually, because there's, there's lines connecting the objects down there that you can follow. And one of the lines was missing. Uh, so Bob had to do another course. So we were kind of booking there for a while after you and Josh had, had surfaced. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were tooling and... I kept watching my air, and I, I'm an air hog as it is, so I'm getting down to, you know, 1800, and I'm still not in a familiar spot, and I'm down to 1600, and then I'm under 900, and then I'm hitting 550, and you know, luckily, it, you know, I can go up any time, so I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to swim back, you know, um, right from the middle of the lake on the surface. Absolutely, just you about don't. the time I was about ready to call it. Uh, we got back to the platform, and I'm at 5:25. So, wow. yeah, I I thumb up, and uh, we do our stop, and we get out of the water. So, uh, I still want to find an an old empty tank and collapse it, you know, just to kind of simulate what I visualize happening when you when you go down to zero. <laughs> right, right. Kind of as a exaggerated visual aid. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll make some some uh, scuba tank uh, lamps out of them. So, but uh, yeah, then Kurt and I went in for another dive, uh, which is which was similar. Uh, we didn't go quite as quick that time, which was nice. We we mm-hmm. we took our time. Uh, Bob was actually rebreather diving when I was following him, and that's a different experience to follow a rebreather diver. I mean, when they're ta- when they say silent, they're not kidding. Uh, there's a couple times where we stirred up the silt a little bit more than we would have liked to. And, uh, you know, uh, I had the line, but uh, I had to, to pick up the pace to to get up to him. In fact, a couple times we bumped. Ah. So that, that's actually, you know, not a bad thing to do is to bump because you, you, you can communicate a lot like uh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, and it's, it's a good... Uh... It's a good cue to know where your buddy's at all the time. Yep. So, uh, and and we kind of learn that up here. That's why they say sometimes they like the uh, us Midwest divers when we go south because 
know, you 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 build some good practices when you have low vis conditions. Uh, keeping track of your buddies, you know, if you can keep track and your buddy in near zero biz, then there's really no excuse for not being able to keep track of your buddy in good viz. Right. So that was pretty much it. It was nice to, to get some depth. You know, that, that's one thing I'm, a, I'm actually liking about Lake 16 is just the depth for an in body of water, you know, an inland body. I mean, yeah, the great lakes are inland, but those are really oceans, you know, freshwater oceans, but you know, these small, right. Small lakes that we've been diving. Uh, it's nice to be able to get some depth, uh, work on some buoyancy. You know, I, I felt it's it's like I seem to be alternating weeks. It's like one week I just seem like my buoyancy isn't there, and then the next week I I feel pretty good. And this was a week where I felt like I was pretty good. Uh, part of it was anticipation, uh, where I've seemed to lately been having my buoyancy issues is when I'm coming from a deep depth up, and I'm not dumping my air quick enough so yeah i, I don't think that's that uncommon though uh really it's no. something that you have to stay on top of as you as you get to that point yeah and and we've been other you know even with the ice diving there was you know we had six months of sub 30 foot diving we were doing so mm-hmm. the buoyancy you know between the surface and you know 33 feet is a heck of a lot different than the buoyancy between 33 and 66. Uh, it's actually right. easier deeper, but then you've got to readjust as you come up to that that higher. So uh, I was probably actually dumping a little bit extra air because you know then because you know as you get more experience, you know, we're okay now. I want to conserve air, and you don't want to be doing the the BC elevator where you're filling it, taking it out, and so. But this time I, I actually a little over dumped. But then you're able to compensate with a kick to get up to where you've expanded and have some buoyancy again. Plus, you know, we're wetsuit diving, so you've got that compression to deal with. Right. And, you know, that was probably for, for me, it's the hardest thing to and, and still work on it is the buoyancy is to, to swim to depth rather than to ride the BC elevator. Um you know, you really then you're constantly correcting. If you're doing that, it's relatively easy if you can kind of keep in your mind, swim to your depth, swim up or swim down, and then adjust your BC for that yeah. uh, depth or elevation. Yeah. Well, and the, and that's the thing is like when we're muck diving, you you kind of over exaggerate it when you're going down because you want a little bit of uh, negative buoyancy. Yeah, because you're you're moving with your hands and you're grabbing stuff, so you sure do. That's if you're right. down, if you're down there in a the muck, it's not too bad. But in the case where we're we're doing these dives, where you're looking at a wreck, or say you're in tropical water and it's coral, you don't want to be touching that bottom. So, uh, you know, a few times at Lake 16, I crashed into the bottom, <laughs> stirred some silt up. You know, then you're like, oh darn it, you know, because. Especially that because you got then you got the same thing going down. You got the BC compressing, you got the wetsuit compressing, and then I'm down. I'm stirring it up. So put a little bit of air in there, uh, leveled some stuff out, and it it didn't didn't turn out too bad. So all in all, a good dive. Uh, now it you know sorry that you and Josh had that free flow. We'll have to you know it, it sounds like they might might need to do something with that regulator. Yeah, we're we're good to get that checked out. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's the type of stuff maybe you'd you'd want a criminal to steal and put on Craigslist. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> absolutely. 
Absolutely. That would uh, maybe give it to somebody. Yeah. What do you think about that? There you go. To somebody you don't like. <laughs> right. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, that might be. So that was uh, last week's dive uh, mm-hmm. up at Lake 16. And then, uh, you know, the, the next dive. I almost had a dive today. Kurt and I were going to go out and do a dive. We hadn't quite picked it out, but just the schedules didn't match. I, I had gotten everything. I had all my stuff prepared before going to work. I had, you know, warm water in the jugs. I had tanks in the in the scuba vehicle. I had my gear. I mean, I was ready to go. And then uh, we just couldn't work out the details. Nobody's fault. You know, it's, it's early right. in the season. I just can't quite, you know, get it. You know, things happen and uh, so, you know, he was thinking a little bit later in the day and, you know, I had my son's game, so ah. I've got, uh, the game or practice actually. So trying to find that, I'm trying to find that midweek dive to get some midweek dives in. Right. That would be nice. So it looks like Thursday might be the midweek dive day. So any of the mud clubbers listening or anybody in, uh, coming around the Midwest here wants to get a midweek dive in. Uh, message us and you know we'll we'll try and get something. And then this weekend, it looks like Saturday morning we're going to be heading down to Michigan City for a uh-huh. shallow wreck dive. So what is that wreck, Jim? Um, I thought it was the Muskegon. Is the that what they were saying? It, it may be. I'll have to take a look and see what that is. It's like every time I, t- I talk to somebody, there's uh, different <laughs> different wreck names. There's quite a few uh, rubble wrecks down there. So Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, so it, it's a short boat ride, luckily, and uh, we're, you know, we're going to load the boat up with as many people as, as we can and, and do that. And then I'm going to try, and it's going to be tough, but maybe Sunday late afternoon, evening. So I've got, you know, I'm just trying to, Figure that out. We got company, and then I got the kids' pictures, <laughs> and then I have a baseball game. You know, and I think that the, you know they'll and after the baseball game, then there might be a a muck dive. So I haven't looked for bottles in a while. So I'm gonna it, it, it's gonna have to see it. It might be pushing it, which you know I'm known for. But uh, we'll we'll have to try that. So you you got anything coming up in the the near future for dive plans or this weekend i am off of uh, the schedule um but probably the week after that i think we're going to be back on with augusto cool cool uh we'll have to decide you know i i'm thinking that what we need to do on the schedule is we need to pick one weekend out of the month to maybe do a road trip you know a little bit longer dive Mm-hmm. You know, try and, you know, we yeah. can do the other two to three weeks can be some shorter local stuff, but you know, we, we have to, we have to get out to uh, white star yet. Yes. You know, and then I'm, you know, and I hear about this stuff like in salt Lake city and some of the, you know, East coast where we've got some of the other scuba obsessed, uh, fans out there who, who are diving. I'm like, gosh, you got to figure out a way to get there. So I'm like trying to calculate if I leave right after work and we drive all the way there <laughs> and then we, get up and we dive at, you know, two or three tanks at six in the morning and drive back, you know, how can I do it where it doesn't, (laughs) right. How can I do it? Period. Yeah. (laughs) So I've always, always working the angle. So we're going to try and get some of those out. And I've, uh, even have a dream of maybe, uh, 
taking a week off the summer. And I, I've just thought, get in the car and make it a requirement that you have to dive at least once every four hours. I like that. So you just like, like, cause like you could tag team, you know, like you could drive one leg and then we'd stop and then do a, a one tank dive, you know, and we'd, we'd map it out. So it wouldn't be like we just, but just go and you could hop. And if you did that for, you know, say a long weekend, four or five days, mm-hmm. uh, we'd probably be exhausted, have a, a, a ton of dives in, but it'd be just an interesting way to really get some dive time and see a bunch of different sites that we might not. Otherwise, because it seems like, because I keep figuring out if you you go from where we are to a location, then back right. and out, you know, how many miles you're putting on. But if you can optimize it and kind of string them together. So that's, you know, a, a, you know, a scuba across America the, or something. The dangerous thing is it sounds perfectly reasonable to me. See, that, that's, that's the, that's the skill, the, 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 the trap, the bait we lay there. You make it sound reasonable. So, <laughs> right, exactly. So we think oh, we well. Should. Oh, well, yeah. So, uh, well, we'll just have to see if we can fit it in. I'm thinking, you know, that would be, sounds like a nice August, you know, the the dog days of summer where you want to get some of that underwater time in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm even Without thinking that that one doesn't sound like a bad one for January, you know, where you, know, you may make an exception that you have to drive, you know, 12 hours south. But then once you get there, we could hit some of the, tropical locations sounds good so well that about does it for a week you know and i i hate to disappoint but all the bad scuba jokes for this week were too bad for me to even say so we're kind of at a loss i feel like i'm letting our listeners down but if you've got a bad scuba joke uh go ahead and send it out to us and we'll we'll get it on the program uh, maybe we'll have to come up with a with another segment to fill in for it to, to make up for it but uh you know we take pride in having quality bad jokes there's you got to stand for something <laughs> you got to stand for something so <laughs> yeah and, and 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 there there are plenty of uh you know i don't i call them a little worse than pg-13 so i'm trying to avoid right. the hate mail I'm I'm really a crude person, so I have no problem <laughs> with <laughs> oh, with some geez. of the jokes. But I just like to fake it so that everybody thinks that we're we're all wholesome right. and 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 fam- clean and upstanding. Exactly. So little do they know. So there's, I'd say about half the jokes I have to say. No, nah, I can't say that. Can't do that. Right. One. So right. Uh, let you know that you, you, you. I think these jokes are pretty pretty clean and pretty safe. So hopefully we'll have something on. So I'll have some fans. We'll send some in. Uh, we're also going to be starting a new segment up here. Uh, we won't actually announce what it is. And when I say segment, I mean actually it's another show. So we'll have a spinoff podcast you can follow. It's going to be a little bit shorter in format. Uh, the idea is that you'd be able to just, uh, if you listen to a bunch of podcasts, this would probably be about uh, half a commute to the way to work. You'd be able to listen to it. So uh, we're going to get a few of these going. They won't be live recorded like these. They'll be pre-recorded. And you should be able to pick them up. Uh, our, our goal is to have them available on Monday. So, uh, you know, you pick this one up on Thursday, the full cast, and then you pick the other one up on Monday. So you have a little bit of a scuba obsessed throughout the week. Right, right. You got to feed the obsession. Got to feed the obsession. Certainly we do. So in the absence of a scuba joke and anything else, can, do you have anything else? 
I've got nothing. We got nothing. So hopefully everybody out there has been able to get out in some water and do some diving. Uh, if you've been thinking about scuba diving, perfect time. Go down to your local dive center. Go talk to the the instructors. Uh, get into a Discover Scuba Diving class. Uh, do like what Shelly did and take that leap and dive. So uh, if you, you know, we, we certainly thank Shelly. Howard for coming on the program. We'll be following her in the weeks to come. Uh, we know that she's going to enjoy it. Uh, she's got some good backing. Uh, sounds like, uh, the, the people on online are a good support network. You know, we're watching the advice and we've given her a little bit of advice, which is worth exactly what it, she paid for it. Uh, free. Right. <laughs> exactly. Say. Your wife's, your, your, the advice is, uh, worth what you pay. Uh, but uh, she's been getting good advice. There's some some nice resources out there if you have a question. Uh, and maybe you have to do a little bit of sampling. You know, if you, you ask three people, uh, you use a little common sense and you take the best two. But I haven't seen anybody out there trying to sell her a whole line of stuff. Uh, that mo- All the advice has been given by people who aren't going to profit from it. So uh, right. good for her. You know, hope, hope that she has a great class coming up and we'll talk with her next Thursday. Um, that does it for another week. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, Darren Jilson, D-A-R-R-I-N-J-I-L-L-S-O-N on Twitter. And uh, Jim, you're what? J-K-L-I-E-M-A-N-N. On Twitter. And then we've got our Facebook fan page. Please run over there, join the fans and and Facebook has changed again, so I don't think you become fans anymore. You become likes. Is that what they're doing? Have you noticed that? That's what that's what they've done. I haven't really looked too far into it. I'm not so sure I like it. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't necessarily either. Uh, I know there's a little monetary incentive, uh, as as always on Facebook. Double check your privacy settings and the uh, terms of use for Facebook. Uh, nothing too bad going on there, but they're trying to make some money on how they expose the the likes and and so you might want to look and and read up on it but don't don't stop going to the fan page go over there we had some good conversations uh between twitter and facebook that's how we we met shelly and got her on the program uh we're always looking for new ideas and you know our, our goal is just to get everybody out diving this is a great sport and we want to affect everybody with it uh much better than a cold yeah, well yeah by a fair margin So with that said, that does it for another show. So go out there and get wet. And dive safe.